say this with me. Jesus loved me so much that he would have rather die than to live without me. And he did. Ephesians 1 4 says that he was slain, sacrificed for me before the foundation of the world. The answer was there before the problem arrived. I said the answer was there before the problem arrived. And he's the same yesterday, today. He loves you so much, he would rather die than to be without you. So don't you ever question his love for you. And when he died for you, he also died for your stuff. He, he knew you had stuff. He accepted you and your stuff. He doesn't leave you in your stuff, but he accepted you in your stuff because that's the stuff that he works with to, to develop our character and develop us with him. And so he's for you. Amen. Did you know this is Pentecost Sunday? Yes. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, yes. they're all in one accord in one place. Yes. And there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and filled the place where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire and sat upon each of them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Interesting, he can bypass your intellect, but not your will. And we really need to learn how to surrender to him, to yield to the Holy Ghost, and to recognize some things like I was reading the other day where um, the doctors, the medical system has a term now for people that are healed by miracles. They called it um, uh, instant remission. <laughs> and it happens in one in every 50,000 people. And so when I'm reading that, I'm thinking the reason why it only happens in one of 50,000 is because I'm waiting for somebody to show up. And you're already here. When we learn to respect and love one another and recognize that when Galen speaks, it's God. She's not, God's not going to send me somebody, oh, oh, oh. No, it's going to be the people that are in my life every single day. And I can't, dis I need to make sure that I don't dismiss them, that I honor the words that they speak. And we begin to honor one another like that. That 50,000 will go up and up and up. I mean, that the percentage will go of miracles will happen more and more because, you know, I, like I've seen miracles in here. I remember when Paul Dorrington came in here and I saw down his throat and it didn't look good. And Wood's got more body parts. <laughs> but yet, I know, but when the woman speaks, don't say that's just in. It's never just in. It's God using somebody that I maybe became too familiar with. But I need to stop that today. I need to stop that and recognize that when somebody's speaking, I can receive a word from the Lord from somebody that's been saved for three months and not ever to get to that place. And, 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 but it's, it's just, I guess it's just 
talking about love and respect for one another, I, I, uh, but but I'm beginning to realize that when I read statistics like that, instant remission, that that that's possible for anybody. And see, we'll pray for somebody that has cancer, four stage cancer, and they die, and so we think, well, there's something wrong with you. No, no, just say next. You just keep going. You keep going because you know that God never changes. And you don't understand all the circumstances in people's lives. You don't know what they're really believing. So, loving and respecting one another, I'm telling you, and honoring the words that people speak to you. I've had words from people in this church. And like, for instance, now somebody might be upset with Marie being uh, over exuberant. <laughs> Pray that she never stops. Pray that you'll get it. You can go to a sports stadium, a football game, or some kind of a game and yell your heart out. But when somebody acts out in church, it's like, hmm. oh, oh. By the way, the sound was great today. I mean, we had a few boops, but but I mean, who'd have expected? We didn't. We came in here today not knowing what to expect. I I was just glad to be coming here because for a couple of weeks it didn't look like I was going to make it. <laughs> Hallelujah! The tide turned. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're getting stronger every day. Yes, Amen. Amen. It's not by might, not by power, though, but it's by my spirit, Amen. says the Lord. So the day of Pentecost, we need to go just for a moment to Leviticus chapter 23. Because, uh, because in Leviticus 23, the Lord talks about his seven appointed times, his moedim. They're called moeds, appointed times. And those seven festivals, he does most every major event happens on those days. Now, there are exceptions to that rule, of course, because sometimes when people are in rebellion, he has to operate incognito. <laughs> so he still wants to bless you, but he has to do it covertly. Like in the book of Esther, for example, his name is not mentioned, so they didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't keep the book of Esther in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, but when you look at it acrostically, his name is in there four different times. But it's undercover. It's yod heh vav is in there. But but he he did it that way because they were in rebellion. It was 483 B.C., and they were in total rebellion. And uh, so even when they were in total rebellion, he raised up Mordecai. Like, oh, yeah. no, no, you need to read that story, man, that story. Yeah. <laughs> Haman planned a... A dastardly deed. The devil's got dastardly deeds planned on you. But behind the scene, he's got a Mordecai and he's got an Esther and he's got the Holy Ghost working through those people to get to you. So again, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah, so it doesn't matter what it looks like in the middle of anything. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the middle. 
You just need to know there's some things. I, I remember when the disciples came back and they said, Jesus, we couldn't cast out that, that spirit. And he said, well, you don't understand. you got to go deeper. Th that, that kind doesn't come up by prayer and fasting. You know, it wasn't anything that, that you, it was about you going deeper, about you finding the truth, about you digging in and going further. Because he'll never leave you and he'll never fail you and he'll never forsake you. And it's never his fault. And there's always an answer. And like we read in Ephesians 1, 4, the answer was there before the problem came. Slain before the foundation of the world. He said, I already, I'm already, I've already been to the end, guys. <laughs> I've already been to the end. Now come and follow me. I've been to the end of it. I've been to the finish. So now let's get started. I took your mess and turned it into a message, but you can't see it yet because you may still be in your mess. <laughs> but hang in there. The mess is turning. How do I know that? Because the scripture is full of it. I believe my Bible. Say, I believe my Bible. I believe that the gospel means good news from the battlefield. The only good news you can get from a battlefield is you won. <laughs> Maybe you weren't even participating. <laughs> That's right. Maybe you're just coming along dragging one leg. Hallelujah. But as long as you're breathing, he said, I will. Oh, I love that. It's his will. He said, I will. Never. Oh, I like never too. Don't you like never? I will never fail you. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 says, so that we can boldly say, so that we can boldly say, God is on my side. I will not fear what a man can do unto me. So because God's on my side, I'm not afraid. God's on my side. I'm not afraid. I found out Timothy 1.7 said, don't receive that spirit of fear. Romans 8.15 says, we didn't receive that spirit of bondage again to, to fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Papa, God, my dad, hallelujah, my father. Romans 8.14 says that when I'm led by the spirit of God, I'm his son. It's not difficult. Being led by the spirit is just being led by the word. He said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It's not complicated. There's nothing complicated in this book. Oh, how am I going to be led by the Spirit of God? Be a son of God. Read the Bible and do what it says. <laughs> I don't know if I can figure that out. Well, let me say it again. Read the Bible. Do what it says. When you think about it, he's not a, he's not, his whole deal, God's whole deal. Well, I don't know his whole deal. He's bigger than that. But with us, it's obedience. Just, just do what I say. Just do what he says. What should I do now? What he says. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyway, Leviticus 23, we will get there. 
And the Lord spoke unto Moshe, Moses, and said, Speak to the children of Israel and say unto them, Concerning the feasts, the Moedim, Moedim's things set in time and space, due season, it's called in Galatians 6, 9, you reap in a due season. So there are seasons of the Lord. You know, Ephesians 3, verse 1 says, To everything there is a purpose. To everything there is a time. There's a purpose and a time, according to Ecclesiastes 3, 1. And there's a time for your breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. on. There's a time for what's next. It's not about what was, it's about what's next. He said, behold, I'll open up onto you a door that no man can shut. Hallelujah. Go through the open door. Forgetting those things. Paul said, he said, this is what I learned. He said, forget those things that are behind. Well, what's behind? Well, it could have been earlier this morning. <laughs> forgetting those things. Have a good forgetter. Forgetting those things that are behind. I press on toward the high mark, the high calling of God in Christ. Whew. Forgetting. Going on to the next marker point. Forgetting. Forgetting what's behind. Okay, so were we in Leviticus 23 yet? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> First one he's going to talk about is, is uh, Passover. And of course you can read about that in Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to get all bogged down here if I stay here. Now you want to teach on Exodus 12, chapter 12. The blood on the doorposts and the blood on the lintel. Pleading the blood is Jesus, and the blood is the propitiation for my sin. Hallelujah. His shed blood. No, I got to get out of Leviticus. Okay. No, I do. I do. Well, let me just, just touch a couple highlights. Just highlights, okay. Chapter 23 and verse 5 says the 14th day of the first month. Now that is, um, the first month is recorded in Exodus chapter 12. It's the first month of their sacred calendar. Just to get you confused more, they have two calendars. They have the civil calendar, which starts in September at Rosh Hashanah. And then they have the sacred calendar that starts in uh, Nisan chapter uh, in Exodus, rather, in chapter 12. And so the sacred calendar is the one where the Moedim, or the feasts are listed, okay, primarily. So in the fourth day, the 14th day of the first month, you have the Lord's Passover. Then on the, set, the, the next day, you have Hagamatzah, where they eat the, they eat the um, unleavened bread to show them how they had to leave without leavening the bread before they left Egypt. And then, um, oh, we're all sitting down, right? That's good. This, the third day, the third day, is called the Feast of the First Fruits. And it was when, when they would gather up, they would gather up the first of the barley harvest and wave it before the Lord. And when the first fruit was accepted, it indicated that the rest of the harvest would be accepted too. So he's the first fruits of them that slept, 
So when he was accepted, because he was accepted, you've already been accepted. When you accept the fact that he was accepted, you're accepted. Then, of course, they went, they went 50 days later to Pentecost. And when Pentecost came, uh, they, they, they did something to you, too. They, they put you on a wagon with a, with a bundle of other sheaves of the wheat harvest. And once you were bundled on the wagon, they bounced you all the way to the threshing floor. And when they got you to the threshing floor, they would beat you with rods. <laughs> they didn't grind you with a wheel. They would beat you with rods. It's a good story, though. It doesn't sound like a good story being beaten with rods. But what they would do is they would beat that wheat until the 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 man in charge of the threshing floor could stick his hands into the wheat and come out, and it wouldn't stick to him. being changed from glory to glory into the image of his son. So when you think about being beaten, don't think about sickness, disease, and all that. No, no, think about, I'm being changed from glory to glory. How? By the washing of the water, by the word. His word, his word chastises me. I'm going to the threshing floor to be threshed because something really great is going to happen at that threshing floor. Matter of fact, maybe we'll we'll jump over to that in a minute here. Yeah, verse 22. And when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not, not, but this is good too, you shall not make a riddance of the, of the uh, corners of your field that you reap. Neither shall you gather any gleaning of the harvest. They shall be left for the poor and to the stranger. I'm the Lord your God. So don't eat all. Don't, don't eat it all. No, but he's talking to people because he's expecting that you're going to receive his prosperity. That you won't be living trying to glean what's left over in the corner of the field. That you just open up yourself to him and say, yeah, not a hoarder at all. No. So, 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 um, that's what happened at Pentecost. They went from, they went from uh, Jesus being sifted in in verse uh, uh, Jesus was accepted in the beloved he was the firstborn among many brethren and he was accepted at the early spring feast and by the time we get to Pentecost it's you and I being accepted in the beloved and then we need to let's go to a threshing floor of our own let's go to um, Ruth the book of Ruth because the book of Ruth is interesting too. You know, right after Judges, after the judgment, after the judgment, and when you read through, you know, I'm thinking Judges 17, 5, and a couple of other places, it said, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It's time to be done with that. It's time for that to be over. Did you know that this is so much? This is the last generation, and to the point where I was talking with a guy. Uh, he's upset about what's going on in Ukraine. I said, "Buddy, you don't understand." She just don't understand. I said, "If you'll read Ezekiel thirty-six, you'll see the Valley of the Dry Bones." I said, "That was the Holocaust. 
when you get into chapter 37, which all these bones live, that's Israel becoming a nation again on May 14th, 1948. So those things happen. The next thing that happens is Russia gets dragged down into a war with Israel and gets totally defeated. It's happening right now in front of us, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Read it. I said, you don't need to be chilling out about this. This is God. I'm not saying God caused the war, but I said God is going to turn this and Vladimir Putin and some of his cohorts, they're going to be totally annihilated. While we're still here before the church leaves the earth, this is going to happen in our day. So so those are exciting things. Uh, maybe not if you live there, but <laughs> like we have great compassion for the people in Ukraine because we've been there three times. But we also see the bigger picture. That God, it's history. It's his story. And he writes the final chapter. He already wrote it. He already showed it to you. He said, now let's go back and walk it out. Amen. But in, but in the book of Ruth, he just went through Judges. And all, Ruth was attached to the book of Judges. And I think it's so cool because in the book of Ruth, you have a kinsman redeemer. The redeemer comes even in the middle of all of the judgment. The redeemer shows up. Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. And it says here in, um, we're not going to read through the whole story, but Boaz, his name means in him is strength. A strong, valiant hero. Walking in integrity a proven warrior, a mighty man of valor, wealthy on all fronts in character and substance. And again, he's a type of the Lord Jesus. Boaz represents Jesus in this story. And what's he say about Jesus, about Boaz? In him is strength. A strong, valiant hero, walking in integrity, a proven warrior, a mighty man of valor, Wealthy in all fronts, in character and substance. And he talks about recompense. He says, talk about recompense. He said, I mean a complete and full reward. Let's read uh, verse 23 of chapter 2. How am I going to skip through all this, Lord? Well, let's read chapter 2 and verse 1. Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth. We just read about him. From the family of Imelech, his name was Boaz. And Ruth was a Moabitess. Well, if you know anything about the Moabites, they weren't allowed in the kingdom. They weren't allowed into the church. They weren't allowed into the temple. They were forbidden to be in any of that. And here she is. But I think she represents us in a way, too, because... You know, she's a Gentile bride, right? She's coming in there and she doesn't have any qualifications. She can't come in and say, like, you know, I'm the tribe of Benjamin and my father was this and my mother was that. She had none of that. None of that. Yeah. And Ruth Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let me go into the field and glean the ears of, and come after those whose sight I rather find grace. And she said unto her, Go on, daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field of the reapers. And her providence was to light upon the field belonging to Boaz, 
the kingdom of Imelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. This sounds like a good employer too. <laughs> he didn't say, hey, you slackers. <laughs> he said, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, and the Lord bless you. And they said, then said Boaz unto the servant who went over the reapers, whose woman is this? The servant was set over the reapers answered and said, she is a Moabitish damsel and came with Naomi from the country of Moab. His response, his response was so good because he said, let her glean after the reapers. And um, verse 11, no, verse 10. It started to be so nice to her. She fell on her face and bowed and to the ground and said, why have I found grace? And that, that but that's the answer. She found grace. <laughs> the answer's right there. I found grace. Hallelujah. The grace was there and I found it. Hmm. That you should take knowledge of me, a stranger. And Boaz answered and said, it's been fully showed to me all that you have done unto your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and mother in the land of your nativity and you are come here as before. Well, now we need to go back. Pastor Paul and I shared these verses a long time ago and they stuck. We shared them with each other. Verse 16 of chapter 1. This woman was not a whiner. She was a warrior. Say that. Yeah. She said, I'm not leaving you. I will go where you go. I will live where you live. Your people will be my people until death do us part, and then we'll be buried together. What's, what is that? It's simply covenant. It's like, I'm in covenant with you. Will we always get along? Will we always agree? Not a chance. <laughs> but we refuse to break our bond. And all hell can come against it. But when it's covenant, covenant will never, it, you stay there. So this is what happened with her. Verse 12 of chapter 2, he said, The Lord recompense your work a full reward. I, I like this too because the one that prayed it is the one that fulfilled it. So be careful how you're praying for people. Oh, God bless them financially. He'll say, all right, you. <laughs> Wait, is there somebody else out there? Somebody with more money? He said, no, I'm not looking for more somebody with more money. I'm looking for your money. And if I can get your money, I can get you more money. But I need your money to get you more money. If you hang on to your money, I can't get you anymore. <laughs> Verse 13 of chapter 2. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall to her also the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them to her that she may glean them, and don't rebuke her. In verse 23 it says, So, so she kept fast by the maidens 
with Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and all the way through to the wheat harvest, all the way from Nisan to Sivan, all the way through to Pentecost. She stayed there. Yeah. And then we know the rest is, we're not going to get in the rest of the story. We'll never get where I need to go. But the rest of the story is um, she um, went down onto the threshing floor and laid her body at the feet of Boaz. There's something about going to the threshing floor and laying yourself at the feet of your kinsman redeemer. There's something about just laying there and waiting for a word. Hallelujah. And the word was she got total redemption, and she she ended up, well, another story. Let's go to, let's go for sure we can't go wrong if we go over to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. That was 50 days after Passover and 10 days after Jesus rose from the grave. And it's the time the law was given on Pentecost. When the law was given, 3,000 people died. When the gospel, when Pentecost was fully come and grace came, 3,000 people got born again the first day in Jerusalem. The letter kills, the Spirit gives life. So don't be caught under the law. Be walking under grace. Hallelujah. And grace simply receives from the greater one. Grace is not complicated at all. And the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all in one accord in one place. And it's interesting because Mary was there. And when I read about Mary, I read in John chapter 2, the last words that she ever were recorded about her was, whatever he says, do it. And if she had to go to the upper room and get filled with the Holy Ghost, matter of fact, my Bible says that this is for you and for your children and all those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's for you. I remember going to the upper room when I got to Israel in 2012 or something. And um, the upper room was just down the street from where I was living. I had a room for a week down in, uh, uh, just down from the cop shop. Oh, it was nice to be able to go near a cop shop and not be. <laughs> no threat. <laughs> yeah, all good. But anyway, we would, I would go down there in the morning and go up on the roof and sit there. And twice when I was up there, the wind started to blow. And I just basically sat there and cried for a couple of days. So, <laughs> do something holy. <laughs> But you know what? The anointing here. The anointing here is better than anything you'll experience there. There it's because of what took place, but here it's because he's here now. That was then and this is now. You can go over there and get memories. I was over there 2 o'clock in the afternoon in my Caiaphas house. Caiaphas was the high priest that arrested Jesus. So I'm sitting there with my little video camera, and this is Caiaphas' house, and, and uh, 
that Jesus was brought up those stairs and he was he was there and Peter was over there by the fire and Peter denied Jesus three times and the cock crowed. This was two o'clock in the afternoon. No kidding. I've got the video. The cock crowed while I was videoing. <laughs> he, he said, you've denied me a few times yourself. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Suddenly there came a sound breaking the scene barrier. The Holy Ghost was waiting all that time. All that time. He said, When I get my chance, you know, I I got my chance back in Genesis chapter 1 when the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and I hovered upon the face of the waters. I waited for a word. And when God said, light be, I went, boom. He said, that same light is what's coming here now. But he said, I've been waiting. I've been waiting, waiting and waiting to get with my. He said, I want to walk in them. I want to be with them. I want to be their God and have them my people. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire and sat upon each of them. Way beyond your, way beyond your, like, and again, if if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, and you're still trying, just let your will go. Let your intellect go, and just receive by faith what's already there. He's already here. He's not coming again. He came 2,000 years ago, and we're, we're praying, oh God, make a move. He said, I already moved. He said, I moved 2,000 years ago. Now, now you're going to tap into what I'm doing and, and flow in that. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem, devout men of every nation in, under heaven. They're still there. Now, the, 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 it was noised abroad together that, to, I, I need to, I guess I have to just put my glasses on and surrender. Okay. And when it was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard him speak in his own language. So they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, but but now they're hearing them in their own language. And they were all amazed. That's existeme. It means beside yourself. It means, it means like they were out of it. They're totally amazed and marveled, and, and and I really think that we need to have church services like that, where people are out of it. Say, I I don't even know what. No signs and wonders, if you can explain them. But I really believe that we need to have church where we have to explain to people what took place, Amen. to the best of our ability. Yeah. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I, I was wondering myself. Yeah, I was watching a preacher the other day, and he said he preached for 60 days in a row up at the Toronto Blessing. He said, if you can preach there, you can preach anywhere. He said it was just totally bizarre. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, you get past all the ridiculous, and you see the supernatural. Like miracles and people that came out of that. When I think about people like Bill Johnson came out of that, 
And he's one of the best Bible teachers out there right now. Man. Yeah. And yet if he had seen it, matter of fact, this preacher was saying, he said, I'm glad this kind of stuff didn't happen to me. He said, I never would have been able to preach. <laughs> but, but if I, if I try to control that, if I try to, uh, it, because it doesn't agree with my theology, am I going to quench the spirit of God by, by trying to figure it all out? Or I'm going to just say, well, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand all that. I don't understand one time we were, well, it's happened several times. I remember one time we were preaching up in Gary Butler's church in New Brunswick, and gold dust got all over my jacket and all over my hands. I'm thinking this would be great if you could wipe it off and cash it in. <laughs> but it wasn't that kind of thing. And, uh, and I didn't tell anybody about it. At least I don't, I don't think I did because I, I was taught by Kennedy Hagin, you don't magnify the sign, you magnify the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but I probably should have talked about it. Because if it happened, people would think, well, that's strange. I, do you know why that happens? No. <laughs> but I'm not opposed to it happening anymore. I'm saying, God, whatever you want to do, don't let me be the knucklehead in your way. The judge. Well, I'm not sure. And, you know, you can get, how, how can you get critical? Well, let me tell you, let me tell you right now about Rick Wood. Rick Wood was in the service at our church, and there was real miracles happening up at the front. But I was wondering, is that real? Is that real? None of you have ever done this. And so he had these big, hearing aids from being an underwater diver, explosives. <laughs> oh. And he had these big, and, and so anyway, uh, out, during the service, he went into the bathroom. And back then, a man could go into the bathroom with another man and not be suspicious. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I followed him in. And and he was over by the he was over by the sink. We'll use the sink. <laughs> and I was way off behind. Him. I said, "How you doing, Rick?" He said, "Great, Pastor Gary." And I realized, hey, this is real. But then I got thinking afterwards. I had to go and check. Be, be, being critical and judgmental of everything that God does instead of just. Am I the only one? You're looking at me like I'm the only one that ever did this. Was that real? Were they really sick? Healed of a headache, big deal. Well, it is a big deal if it's your head. <laughs> so what I'm realizing is, on a daily basis, is I need you and you need me and we need to accept one another and respect one another's gifting and uh, not be suspicious. Not question the Holy Ghost. Just go for it. Okay. Quenches it otherwise. Yeah, I know. So I apologize if I quenched your anointing. It won't happen again. Ha ha. 
They were all amazed and marveled in verse 7. Behold, are these not all Galileans? How we hear every man speaking in their own tongue. These were the were born of Parthians and Medes and Ethiopians and dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and so on. And they were all amazed and they were in doubt. That's the problem. They were in doubt. Saying, what does this mean? And others said, oh, it must be New Covenant Ministries Church. <laughs> They're all full, full of new wine. That, 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 that means to be highly intoxicated. <laughs> and until you're highly intoxicated, it's happened a few times with me, but I, want, I don't know about you, but I, I want more. I'm not chasing signs and wonders, but I want to experience God on a whole nother level at this last day. <sighs> Shake me, wake me, do what you have to do, God. Hallelujah. And touch the church. You know, there's a church, there's one church I was reading about in South America. It went from 30 people to 30,000 in, in one year. Because of the miracles and the signs and the wonders that started to take place in it. Was it some great message? No, it's kind of like what's happening in the universities. It's not some big famous preacher. It's people that are hungry for a move of the Spirit of God and just keep the other people out of there before they try to organize it and ruin it. It's true. Don't organize those things. Let the Holy Ghost go free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, 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 liberty. Verse 15, Peter stands up, and I always like to point this out because, verse 14, Peter standing up, because the normal procedure would be, who am I to speak? Just a few days ago, I denied Jesus three times. So if I'm going to get up and speak, I'm going to have to apologize for myself first. I know, I know you heard about what I did. But he didn't do any of that. Why? Because he understood forgiveness. He understood forgetting those things that are behind. He understood, like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 7, to receive me, I have wronged no man. Until you can say that, you're still walking under the law. When you can say to anybody, receive me, I've wronged no man, you're free from the law. If you can still feel that guilt and that shame, the law is still working in your life and you need to extradicate. Extradicate. Is that a word? I like it anyway. Extradicate. That's... <laughs> he lifted up his voice and said, you men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known unto you. This is that. Come on. This is that. This is that, verse 16. This is that. And really, when you read about it, it's the beginning of that, because in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, Luke starts the letter by saying, these former treaties I'm writing unto you, O Theopolis, of everything that Jesus began to do and to teach. Jesus began it. You're here to finish it. I said, Jesus began it. <laughs> You're here to finish it. Well, I wish he would send somebody. He's sending you. 
I'm telling you, he's sending you. You just don't know. See, if you knew how much power was stored up on the inside of you, we pray prayers like the exceeding greatness of his power that works within us, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked upon Christ when he raised him from the dead. That power, that power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. It's in me. Just trying to learn how to tap into it. Tap into the power. You can't tap into the power until you recognize, number one, that it's there, and number two, that you qualify. You qualify. Well, you don't know what I did. You're right. Neither does he. As far as east is from the west, so far I've moved your transgressions from you. I'll never forget how far the east is from the west. I was talking to a guy the other day. He has family over in Guam, and Guam was being hit by a cyclone. And so I called. And um, anyway, Guam to me was, I arrived there. I left Manila at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But I arrived in Guam the day before at 9 o'clock in the morning. Something like that. Anyway, I arrived in Guam, and um, well, I'm going to be here for 24 hours. Beautiful beach. Look at this beautiful coral beach. And it's noon, and there's nobody on this beach. What is the matter with these people? <laughs> Kayaks for rent. Okay, I'll take one of those. I just flip it once in a while and stay, stay wet. And around 3 o'clock or 3.30, all these people started coming to the beach. And then I looked down and I saw the glow from my skin. <laughs> I've never been burned so bad in my life. And I had to fly from there back to L.A., back to San Francisco, and back home totally toasted. <laughs> so I remember how far east is from the west. <laughs> A long ways back. A long way. But that's how far away he's forgiven. His forgiveness is so. He forgives all of your iniquities, heals all of your diseases, delivers your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, satisfies your mouth with his word so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Whew. Hallelujah. We're not ever going to get through this. Um, no, we don't really, because the nice day out there, and if you keep people too long, they'll kill you. <laughs> and pray for your resurrection later. Verse, verse 20. The son, no, you don't want to stay till we're done. I have never finished a message in my life. And that's even when I was sick and tired. <laughs> and I feel good now. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's something about having the captivity turned. Yep. Uh, verse 20, it says, The sun shall be darkened, the moon shall turned into blood, before, before the great and notable day of the Lord. And it'll come to pass 
that whosoever, look at that now, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 39, this promise is for you and your children and all those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. In many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this wicked generation. They, then they, came, they gladly received the word and were baptized that same day. And then we added unto them 3,000 souls. One day, 3,000 people. One day. 5,000 by the end of the week. If it happened in Halifax, what would that mean? Churches aren't ready for it. And the churches aren't going to be ready for it either. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.